everybody, and welcome inside the What You Need to Know podcast. I am Tyson Ewing, play-by-play voice of Utah women's basketball. I'm joined by my radio analyst, Miley Enger. This is the What You Need to Know podcast that focuses on all things University of Utah women's basketball. We'll take an in-depth look at what's going on in the program. We're continuing to roll along each episode as we bounce from player to player within the Utah program. And we get a chance today to speak to Izzy Palmer, who's going to be talking to us from her native Australia today. Izzy played her first year at Utah this past season after redshirting due to some injuries after she transferred from Texas. On the website, it does have her listed as a senior, but through talking with her, we do know that she's actually a junior because she's only going to be playing her third year this coming year, but excited to hear what Izzy has to tell us today. So let's go ahead and welcome on to today's episode all the way from Australia, Izzy Palmer. Good day, Izzy. How are you? I'm pretty good. Just enjoying some time at home with my family after COVID and two years of being in the States. So yeah, I'm, I'm doing well, just working out, doing summer school. Can't complain. That's awesome. You look a little cold. Is it a little cold over there? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's in the 40s. That's cold for me. 40s, 50s. Um, I think the Minnesotans, Gianna and Jenna would beg to differ, but that's cold here. So I can't wait to get back to Utah to the summer. <laughs> Now, Izzy, where we'll start, we'll, we'll start on the floor just because, you know, we're so interested to get to know players' perspectives on, you know, on last season because it was a tremendous year. And where I want to start with you, Izzy, is uh, when Drew Gilton went down in the season, uh, you kind of stepped into a role that I don't know if you, if you played that role very much, if it was something that was new to you. I was actually really enjoying seeing the role that you were playing in as kind of that as kind of that combo guard you were playing a lot of the point guard position when Drew went down. I'd love to know how comfortable are you playing the point guard position and how do you feel, frankly, how do you feel you did playing those point guard minutes this year? Well, growing up point guard was actually my position. I, um, as I grew up and I was on teams with smaller guards, like on the national team, I kind of had to shift to that wing spot just because I was a taller guard and the guards I was playing with couldn't you know, guard the taller wing. So that's where I kind of transitioned. Um, when Coach Rob kind of asked me, because, I mean, she asked me to play the four spot at one stage. And then the one spot, I was kind of excited because I was like, oh, like this is kind of more my more natural position, which like some people said, like, have you played that before? And I'm like, yeah, I kind of enjoy playing point guard like better. I don't know what it is. I just like, I don't, I don't know, getting up the floor. I know it's a lot of pressure and, especially in college basketball, it can be a lot of pressure in the Pac-12. But, I mean, I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Um, and, I mean, I think we played Washington State during that time and the Ledger Walker sisters who had grown up playing point guard against. So it was good to kind of come back. It was like a full circle moment to come play them because I played them on the international stage and in juniors when they'd come to Australia. And then to be going up against them, I was like, like okay, like, let, like let's go. And it was good. It was obviously it sucked having Drew out, but it was good to have her guidance on the sideline. And then Anesh and I just kind of step up. And I know it was good fun. Like, I like playing on the wing, but there's something I enjoy about the point position, just kind of starting the flow of offense and, you know, moving the ball. So I think I like to um, create a bit for others. So I enjoyed that aspect of playing it. It was good. For Utah, played at Texas. So what led to your decision in coming to Utah and kind of how was that recruiting process after you put your name on the transfer form? 
um, well, there was a bit of a coaching change with my old school. And so the team and everything mixed up a bit. So and it was during like the height of COVID. It's when the whole world basically shut down. So I was umming and ahhing and going back and forth. I was like, do I do it? Do I not? And I just ended up, you know, kind of putting myself out there. And I actually didn't go on a single visit because I, I couldn't. Like everything was shut down. So th- people think I was crazy for that because I ended up getting on a plane during COVID. There was no one on my plane in the airport. And I told a few people, like I had this moment on the plane. It's like a 16-hour plane ride to the States. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like what am I doing? Because I'm like, I've never met anyone going to Utah the only person I knew was like Kelsey which is it was kind of helpful because I had her guidance and it was hard to navigate because I mean what else you know you've got that contact with coaches and and things like that but I um Gavin has seen me play since I was like 15 years old so um and I made a connection with coach Danny when she was here and I spoke to the coaching staff and just knowing that Gavin had seen me when I was younger I was like well, he, it's not like a new, a new coach. Like you see me progress. So I was like, that's like something that like, I like, he actually knows me. It's not just like a, oh, there's this guard in the transfer portal from Texas. Let's pick her up type of thing. So, and the fact that Kelsey was there put me at ease. So I was like, let's just do it. Like it was really, people think I'm crazy when I say, it, but it was like a one week decision. I was in the portal and I mean, everyone knows how it goes. You have all these coaches reaching out to you, emails and you're like, it's a bit overwhelming, but I know I saw Utah spoke to them for a bit and I was like this could be it so I just (laughs) I committed a couple months later when things got sorted and I could get an exemption out of the country jumped on a plane and yeah the rest is history it's just that's where I ended I didn't get to play that year because my injuries but it was a good like ease into it it wasn't like straight into the season like I got to learn from the sidelines a bit more and you know just kind of I don't know get settled in but yeah it was good (laughs) Now, speaking of Texas, uh, the last game of the season happened to be at Texas. You ended up playing against your former team at your former home arena. I will say, I thought it was actually really neat that that happened to be the final game inside the Frank Irwin Center. Um, as you kind of you know reflect on, on that and the opportunity to play back in the Frank Irwin Center for literally the final game that was going to be played there, knowing that's where you got recruited, how was that for you? to be able to experience that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. At the beginning when we found out, I was like, what, just go to Austin at the selection show? And, I mean, sure, it came up on the screen. I was like, okay. Like, initially I was like, like, are you serious? There's, what, 360-something to one schools, and that's where we end up going, like playing Texas but actually in Austin. And then so we went there and, like, it, it was actually like a bit of closure for me because, like, I saw old people that, you know, like I used to hang out with all the time and old coaches, even old fans, like I had people yelling out easy and I'd go talk to them, like all my old classmates. And, and it was pretty cool just to like visit Austin. Like I missed that city itself and just, I don't know, playing in the Irwin Center, it is a pretty cool atmosphere. And I think it was, it was pretty nice. It was the last game in there. I know it didn't go to plan, but um, I don't know. It just reaffirmed that I'm really proud of like where I am right now and happy like in my decision, like I really enjoyed parts of Texas, but when I came like to Utah, everything just kind of came together. So yeah, I don't know. At the beginning, I was like, oh, this is kind of like weird being back here. There was there was just elements like I haven't been here since like pre-COVID, but then for that to be our last game of the season, I was like, that was pretty cool. Like to look back on now and for such a big run, like in the tournament and for us as a school, um, 
to have like Texas as a part of that story. I mean, it was it was pretty cool. But back to what you just mentioned, when you first came to Utah, you couldn't play that your first year here. And so you said you got to learn from the sidelines. How was the adjustment going from watching one system on the sidelines to then playing in a new invented system that Coach Roberts and her staff came up with? Yeah, I think it was it was pretty easy from my standpoint because it's like, I mean, I wasn't in the game, but you could, there's more things you can see unfold when you're on the bench because it's not like you just see your position. Like, say if you're like cutting through the key, you don't see what's happening behind you. Like, but I could see every aspect of the game and kind of the things that didn't work for us. Like, I was like, okay, when I get in there, like I can help with this or like this needs to change. I mean, I remember talking to Gavin when because I like I couldn't play it all and he's like is what would you do here and we'd kind of just conversate and go back and forth like what would change or what needs to be implemented like in the offense for this to work and I mean it was pretty cool because it's like you could see the whole season like what we needed and what needed to be like fixed and then the coaches went out and got those pieces and then it was just a matter of like trusting the system and remembering the things that didn't work and what needed to happen to be like a competitive team in the Pac-12 so I mean, it was tough being on the sidelines that first year because I was just like, I mean, everyone just felt like the effects of COVID and then we we're sitting right near the bottom of the ladder. Like it was just, it was a bit of a mess. But I remember Coach Rob literally said like, that's like, this isn't going to happen again. Like you're either like in with her or it's probably not the place for you, which probably some people took that harsh. But I mean, it's, it's fair. You're not going to buy into her system and what she wanted to run then kind of it's probably not the right fit so in the summer we all got on board and yeah like we clearly um things changed and you know tides turned for us so it was pretty cool to watch us go from where we were last season such a big turnaround because I know I think what we were ranked tied second last in preseason or something crazy so yeah it was it was pretty good one thing that I've really enjoyed following since uh you came to Utah is the relationship that you have with a Stanford guard in Agnes Emanopu, um, it's very evident that you guys are very, very close. Just talk about the relationship that you have with Agnes and, and how fun it was when she checked into the game when we played against them last time and you guys were guarding each other on the floor. Our relationship started just in juniors in Australia. She's from my actual rival state. So at nationals, we have seven states and there's country and metro. So you've got the country kids, city kids, and she was the country part of Victoria, which is like our state like hates them we butt heads at tournaments so we'd go at it and then when we got into the Australian stuff when Kelsey like we all came together um we started living together as well so we got really close and it just so happened that we ended up in the same conference and I mean in the in the games it's pretty funny when she checked in and like she started guarding me I was like I literally I don't like smack talk to him like I really don't open my mouth during games to talk and like to say anything to anyone like unless it's to my teammates but I was like okay let's go like I was just smack talking with her and um no it was it was pretty good because like she's an athlete her freaking wingspan is like seven foot like her arms are long and I I always said to mom and dad like I know she's not a small pesky guard but she's sometimes I just hate playing against her because she's just so long and like deceptive so I was like okay like let's go and it's good during Pac-12 being obviously away from home there's so many Aussies in the in the conference but yeah she's my best mate so it's good to when we go to like what two games a season then we have Pac-12 championships then we have like the tournament like it was it's good seeing her all the time and then 
the one thing that wasn't good is when she came to Florida with me for Christmas and she gave me COVID because the whole Stanford team had it. So that's the only thing I'm not thankful for. But yeah, it's, it's good having her around. <laughs> This past season, I really loved watching you play different roles because we saw you guard force and then we saw you play the point. So you played a wide range, but if someone that is coming to watch you has never seen you play before, how would you define your game? From this season, I would say I, like I'm, I'm a shooter. That's probably what Coach Rob and the coaching staff expected me, like a, yeah, like a scorer from the wing or like a bit of a facilitator sometimes. Like I like to create for my teammates and so, unlike some other players, I like to rack it a bit more. I like to get to the basket and, you know, I know that's, I like to, yeah, get to the basket first and then like a knockdown, just three-point shooter. And yeah, like that's, I think that's my game. You know, actually to kind of build on that a little bit, in that first game in the NCAA tournament, your first game returning back to uh, back to Austin, that first half of yours was tremendous uh, against Arkansas. Your production off the bench provided a huge spark, and we talked about it at that half of that game about how your presence really kind of, you know, lifted Utah to that big lead at the half. What do you remember most about that specific game and the move that you were in in that first half? I just remember being like, I mean, we're in the tournament, so I was pretty like hyped and also back in Austin. So I was like, when I checked into the game, I think like we started off real, really hot from what I remember, like Ken was hitting shots like she always does. And it was just, we were on a roll and I was like, no, let's keep momentum going. And I mean, Arkansas is obviously a big school. And I remember we joked about it on the bus and beforehand, that everyone's brackets had the up, biggest upset of the day being Arkansas and us even was it like Jimmy Fallon or whoever had his bracket done and I was like well that's offensive like and it was we blew him out by what plus like 20 but yeah I was just like there was a lot of people against us and it's like all oh, Utah and it's like we weren't just gonna make the first round of the tournament like we always have it's like they're Utah's always been eliminated that first round so we were like let's you know make some more history and I think just checking into the game, I was like, this could be, I spoke with Jenna about it, she's my roommate, I was like, it could all be over tomorrow, so, I mean, like, why not, so I just went out there, I mean, I was in a little, a lot of pain before that game too, like, my feet were playing up, but I was like, let's just have fun, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean, so, yeah, it, it was good, it was just a lot of adrenaline and different, like, emotions, the season could end right here in Austin against Texas, could play Texas next game, like, there was just a lot, so I was like, let's just go for it. <laughs> In every interview that we've done so far, we've asked this question, so I'm interested to hear your answer. Is there a highlight of the season that sticks out above all the rest? I don't know why, but just, like, coming to my head, I think it was just the win against Oregon. But I don't, I don't know why. That's the first thing I thought of, just because that advanced us to the Pac-12 final. And it was like, well, what day did we even get there, Monday or Tuesday? I remember everyone's like, we're still in Vegas and it's Sunday or whatever. It's like, let's go home. It's people like, oh, I didn't pack enough for, for this day. It was kind of funny because we just kept winning. I think that was that was the funniest part because people were like, oh, I ran out of this. Like, I didn't have any, like, a shoot around people wearing ankle socks with their basketball shoes. Like, we were like, what does this come to? I mean, have a little faith. But we did that we'd get to a certain point. But, like, we're in the championship game against Stanford. So I think... Just being Oregon after playing them. I think we played them only two weeks prior, lost to them in Eugene, not by like a whole lot. And it was just good to finally get them. So, and the celebration locker was pretty good. But yeah, I think that would, that would be the best 
moment just because we just kept waking up in Vegas <laughs> and yeah it was it was pretty fun all right so let's step away from the basketball floor for just a little bit you are from uh, a town called Newcastle I know nothing about Newcastle so if I was to say Izzy I am coming to Australia tomorrow and I'm gonna hit up Newcastle where would you tell me to go if I asked you to be my guide Beach. that's all I'm gonna say like it's where Newcastle is known to be like a coal like an industrial kind of town like on the outskirts but I think we have some of the best beaches in the country like that's not just me being biased that's like actually a proven fact I'd say go grab a surfboard or whatever and just head out to the ocean or like 30 minutes north there's a place called Port Stevens and it, again you can go like snorkeling there and yeah you can go hiking up mountains and I'd just say go to the beach that's the main thing I mean that's what I did when I came home and was allowed out of my room because my dad had COVID I went to the beach straight away. Besides going to the beach is there anything else that you love to do in your free time? I have two little dogs one of them I met before I left and my parents got a COVID dog <laughs> like another one a little cavoodle so poodle slash Australian cavalier and I when mum mum works from home and dad and Brendan are at school, um, Brendan's my little brother, I'm hanging out with them 24-7, so I'll probably take them to the park, you know, go for runs with the dogs. Yeah, I mean, that's what I do in my spare time. And I'm actually down in Sydney right now, the state's capital. I'm watching my brother play rugby union, so that's what I've, on the weekends, that's what I've um, been doing a lot more because I haven't seen him play in a long time. So You lead me perfectly into the next question that I wanted to ask you, which was uh, tell us about your family. Tell us your parents, their names and what they do for a living. You can talk about your your dogs as well, uh, your siblings, their names, and kind of where they are in life. I'll start with mom and dad, um, Marie and Daniel Palmer. So my parents actually have a very cliche story. It's the basketball player and cheerleader. So my dad actually did what I did and went on a scholarship to Florida uh, back in like the late 90s. And that's where he met my mom and she was a cheerleader for his basketball team. <laughs> And like straight out of college, they had me. So I'm a dual citizen. Um, they had me in Florida. And then mum decided to migrate to Australia. They obviously got married in college. He, dad gave up basketball, played rugby union. That's my, that's where my brother gets it from. Mum did some Taekwondo. She's a black belt. So she scares, <laughs> she scares me. Um, she, I mean, my family does a lot of different sports. So I think that's, just something we all do like soccer tennis where there's a tennis part of my family so that's pretty fun um mom's originally from Puerto Rico so she moved to Florida when she was eight and Spanish is her first language and my little brother he's 17 years old he used to play basketball um but he gave it all away to play rugby so He's trying to play rugby for our country. I guess that's his goal. He's in all of our like state team stuff, and that's why we're down in Sydney now. He's in a, but we have got a long weekend, so he's playing a gala with about six or seven games. Yeah, that's my family in a nutshell. So, yeah, a lot revolves around sport, and yeah, that's that's us. When you're in Utah or in Salt Lake City, is there anything from home that you particularly miss? When you're back to the beach like that's one thing I miss I mean I love the mountains like that's not this you can't find anything like that here you have to drive eight hours to the snow and it's I mean it's fun but it's nothing like like you don't get the scenery like that you do in Salt Lake City or even when it's like hot and you still have snow on the mountains like that's insane to me I also miss 
just like some foods or some things that obviously just aren't like in America, like just little snacks and stuff that come back and I've like Nan or someone's like, do you want this? And I'll be like, oh yeah, like I haven't had that in a, in a while, but yeah, probably the beaches and just some foods. That, that's the two things I miss most. Speaking of food. So when I went on a couple visits to places, I met some Australians. Are you a fan of Vegemite? I am, but I'm not there. When people try it, it's like they just shove a spoon into the jar and eat it straight out. I'm like, that's not, that's not what you do. You've got to have it, you know, have it on a piece of toast with some butter, but, and only like a really little bit because it's so salty, but yeah, I, I am a fan of Vegemite, big fan. I have a jar back in Salt Lake. It's a must-have essential and I take it on the road sometimes. So, yeah. So I'm actually curious now that you've lived in, you've lived in Utah now two years or close to two years. Is there like a go-to place, whether it be a restaurant, whether it be a place to hang out? Is there a go-to place that you find yourself more often than not? For people, uh, like, I know people on our team hate it, but I don't know why it started, but Cafe Zoopers, like, Kennedy and I had this, like, thing where we would just randomly go on little, like, lunch or dinner dates there. I don't know why, but it was just, I think when we're on campus, because it's just down the road, so I'd be like, oh, let's go get sandwiches and soup. Like, it's so random. Like, that's the place that I choose, but... I don't know, like, that's, like, a go-to, like, do you want to get Zoopers for dinner? And some people are like, ew, gross. And I'm like, yeah, probably. But sometimes some of their grilled cheeses and stuff, like, yeah, addicted. So you just mentioned her, and you knew I was going to bring her up eventually at some point today. Kennedy McQueen, you two have a very eerily similar look. You guys are, like, the twins of the team. Is this something you guys picked up on quickly when you first came to Utah? And is that why you became such good friends? Well, I didn't, honestly, I didn't pick up on it with, we didn't go, oh, we looked alike. It was just other people like, you that literally is your long lost, like, just like, I'll post things on um, social media and all my family and friends from Australia will be like, no, you guys were literally separated at birth. Like, it's, it's weird. I, I didn't really see it because I'm with Kennedy 24 seven, but like, you now I'll be in the gym when Ethan was still with us and, some of the coaches that'd be like Ken and I'm, I'll turn around like oh or they'll be like Izzy and Ken and I'm like that's we don't even even when I had my blonde hair like they would still like get us mixed up but I don't know it's yeah it's a common thing now so we just, we just, we just ran with it yeah. We may have been searching through some websites and some social media and come across your TikTok the other day <laughs> would you say you are the most active on TikTok of the team? Oh. Yeah, I'd probably say. I think we've got some new, some of the incoming freshmen are more active than me, but I haven't done a TikTok in a while, but during season, during COVID, that's when I got really into it. Because I'm like, what else do you do? <laughs> I started at home and then I got off it for a while and then on road trips and stuff. I mean, it's fun. You see a TikTok, you're like, oh, you do this with me. Or, and some, usually most of the teams like, no, because if it's a dancing one, they don't want to be involved. But yeah. I'd probably say, but I think some of you ask you that when you interview some of the freshmen, I think they're more into it than I am. So oh, the return is yes, me. There was a common person that we saw in your videos and that being Gianna. Is she, is she always down being videos with you? Yeah. I mean, I have archives. Some, I have, I have a lot stored in the, in the archives, but yeah, she's always down for a good TikTok. And Anesh, or oh, and Andy, but the others might have to do a little persuading sometimes. Deja, Deja will do them with me too. Peyton, Kelsey, you wouldn't get them. Yeah, solid, easy no <laughs> every time. So, yeah. Gianna's yeah, a good TikTok buddy. She's an easy, easy get. 
So for those who are curious, go check out Isabel Palmer on TikTok. She's a great follow. She's got the moves too. Your dancer is, Izzy. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that actually leads me perfectly to the next question I want to ask, which is, what is something you feel that not many people know about you? I'm going to go into music with this. I'd say I'm a pretty old soul, like when it comes to the music I listen to, like Sometimes I'll play songs and people are like, why are you listen to that? Like, that's such a, that's such a bad <laughs> song. But I'm like, I like listen to songs that my grandparents grew up listening to. I don't know what it is, but like, I love music. And I think COVID got me more into that just because like you're stuck inside. But yeah, I'd say Drew would like, I mean, Drew loves country music. I, that's one of my guilty pleasures is country music. I mean, that's probably normal for some people in the US, but people back here think it's strange. Like I come back and play country music. My brother's like, ew, are you country now? Like, <laughs> but I'm like, I enjoy it. And just like old 70s, 80s hits. Like, I don't know if I have a lot of playlists on Spotify and I just, yeah, I love old songs. <laughs> Do you have any go-to groups or songs? Groups or songs? I'd say some good Ed Sheeran. I mean, depends what mood I like. I have so many different like playlists. I think people think I'm crazy when I say I listen to like chill songs before games. Like, we have hype songs. I listen to like sad, not sad music, but just real like soft, like Ed Sheeran type songs. It just, you know, calms me, calms me down. Um, but what else do I listen to? I mean, do you guys familiar with the script? That's who I'm listening to lately. I think that are they Irish, Irish band. Yep, and maybe Pink. I don't know. I'm a big Pink fan. That. Yeah, I go from one extreme to another. All right, Izzy, I always end on this question, and I always give an explan- a brief explanation as to the reason why, um, simply because I feel that it, it's so good for people that are listening, especially young people that are listening, um, to hear the answer from somebody who has made it. That question is, what is some advice that you would give to a young woman who wanted to follow your footsteps and play collegiate basketball, what would you tell them that they need to do to reach that pinnacle? I would just say it's never too late to start. I think that's a big point that I've figured out the last few years. I feel like people feel that they need to specialize in a sport when they're like freaking eight years old and like you got to like drill it into them that young. But I've come across so many successful basketballers recently that are like, oh, I started when I was only 16. And I'm like, what? Like, it's just... It just blows my mind that you can be talented and actually get the hang of the game so quickly. Obviously, it'd be better if you like started younger because you grew up in it, but that doesn't mean anything just because you started later. Like You can still make it just as far. I would also say with social media and stuff these days, like it's like, oh, there's a lot of comparing going on. I'm not good as her. I'm not like, there's just a lot. It's, it's kind of thrown at you 24-7 and I get it. It's different. Even to when I was just a little younger, I'm, I'm sounding like I'm old now but even when I like I was a little younger there wasn't like these mixtapes and everything out there like it is now this exposure and it's there's both sides of it like it is really good to get exposure but on the other hand like there's a lot of comparing going on and I know that happens a lot in young girls so I'd say if you just see someone else and you're like oh I'm not as good as them like the only person you should be comparing yourself is to yourself and how you're doing and tracking your progress um and like honestly just put the work and that's the main thing you can't cheat like it's as someone's always said it to me it sticks to me like you can't cheat success you can't just randomly like like be lazy and just kind of show up there you have to put the work in but you always get rewarded for it and like in some capacity it might not you might not 
get to the furthest like goal like the pinnacle of basketball but you'll get some reward out of it so I think if you put something in you're always going to get something out whether it's friendships whether it's athletic success making the WNBA teams like that or just having like lifelong connections or yeah like you're always going to get something out of the sport just stay committed to it if that's what you want to do and um yeah like just have fun because you don't you don't know when it's going to end um I think something taught me from when I was injured and how like I've had to learn how to you know kind of play again with this and carry this injury I think just don't take anything for granted and yeah like just while you're young and, and healthy just you know utilize it and have fun I love that Izzy thank you so very much appreciate you taking some time waking up a little earlier than than was anticipated and hopping on a call all the way from Australia in chilly frigid Sydney Australia yeah <laughs> thank you so much Izzy thank you appreciate it and there she is, Izzy Palmer. I'm so grateful for Izzy because we reached out to her and within a matter of seconds, she responded back. She's in Australia, responded back through email within a couple of, it had to have been a couple of minutes, and we were able to get a quick interview with her. So again, Izzy, thank you so very much for, um, for taking the time and hopping on with us because, Miley, she didn't have to. But she's such a great person that within a matter of seconds, she was super okay and just hopping on with us and taking some time. What are some things that you took away from that uh, from that discussion with Izzy? I thought it was really interesting when she talked about her recruiting with the University of Utah because she did put her name in the transfer portal when COVID hit, and we all know that year was just so chaotic. So for her to be able to find a new home so quickly without taking any visits or really knowing many people here in Utah pretty awesome that she was able to just blindly come here and, and feel so welcomed with the team. I'm finding a reoccurring theme whenever we ask the question about what their highlight of the season was. It happens to be, like everybody else, that Oregon game. And, you know, you, you really think back to that Oregon game. You and I were sitting courtside for that game. When that game was tight late in that fourth quarter, Utah took a 10-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Oregon went on a big run, but then Utah stayed strong. It was without Peyton McFarland, but Utah stayed tough. They got that tough victory and advanced to that Pac-12 title game, which the players were just so excited about. You could see it in their celebration, and you know there's no surprise when we ask that question that that's the moment that they pick. And honestly, everything kind of happens for a reason. So who's to say Utah doesn't win that game? Izzy might not get to return back to Texas to play the final game at the Frank Irwin's Arena. So Utah wins that game. They're able to get the seven seed, go to Austin. And super cool experience that Izzy had to return back to Austin and play two games back at her old home arena. Tell you one thing Izzy really made me want to do, and that's uh, go to the beach. I mean, she talks so highly of the beach at her hometown in Newcastle. All I want to do now is just go grab a surfboard, fall off the surfboard several hundred times, and uh, go take a nice dip in the ocean. I love going to the beach, and you know, Newcastle seems like a really beautiful place uh, to go visit. But, but Izzy, we are super grateful for you and appreciate you hopping on with us tell you this upcoming fall it's going to be very interesting to see what that point guard position is going to be you know Inesh um, may be clear cut as the starter however Izzy showed that she can play some point guard minutes uh, you're also going to have some new freshmen coming in I think when those camps come up in the fall time I think that's going to be a huge storyline and Izzy's going to be right there in the mix
So as we say at the end of each episode, please make sure to tune in each and every single episode as we'll bring on new players in this phase that we're in in this podcast. And we are so grateful for all the players who have been so willing to hop on and spend 30 minutes with us and uh, just like we talk about, get to know them better but allow you, the fans, to get to know your women's basketball team at the University of Utah. A quick reminder, each and every single Monday we will try to get an episode out to you so please make sure to tune in each and every single episode. Thank you so much for all those for tuning in. And big thank you yet again to Izzy Palmer for hopping on and spending time with us. For Miley Enger, I am Tyson Ewing. This is the What You Need to Know podcast. <laughs>